0: I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, but you're fighting a losing battle. And while you don't realize it, your life and Game of Thrones have a lot in common. What's up? I'm Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. I typically sit down with Dream Masons, those brave enough to declare they have a dream and have a commitment to building those dreams. My guests are typically leaders, creators, and innovators. And we get open and vulnerable, discussing the obstacles they overcome to become successful and create empowered lives. But today, we aren't doing that. Today, we're talking about Game of Thrones and how it and your mind have a whole lot in common. But before I go on to that, I got to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, my only sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching. I don't do sponsors, but I personally went through Accomplishment Coaching's leadership and life coach training program, and it totally changed my life. It changed my relationships, and I would strongly recommend it to anyone. So let's get back to Game of Thrones because that's why you're probably here. So it's not that your life and Game of Thrones have a lot in common because you like doing your hair in awesome braids like Khaleesi or because you named your, your dog the boxer Jon Snow or anything to do with wanting or having a pet dragon. But let me give me a few minutes, and I'm going to break this down for you. But before I do... I need you to know, because I'm not a jerk, that there are some spoilers ahead. So here's your spoiler alert. This is your spoiler alert. If you haven't watched basically all of Game of Thrones, but specifically up to episode basically five of the six of the final season, you might not want to listen to this. Okay. So everyone that's still listening is either good with spoilers, has seen most of Game of Thrones. Or is like, what is Game of Thrones? Can you just tell me what this show and my mind have in common already? In Game of Thrones, there are the children of the forest. They're kind of like the Adam and Eve of the mythical world. They existed before man. The raising of cattle and cities before anything else. They're like the native people that were there before the first men arrived. And they, like us as humans, are kind of seemingly born perfect, innocent, and live from this place of joy, love, and peace. And like us, we're born from joy, love, and peace, but we're also fragile and vulnerable and easily impacted. If we, as babies, started that way, as we do, and we stayed that way, we wouldn't have survived in the world. Like, we couldn't have grown up being so innocent and simple. The first earthquake or accident would have just taken us all out. So while we were great and these beautiful creatures, we also had to evolve. We also had to grow and evolve in our minds. And in that, our minds created the ego or the subconscious or whatever you want to call it. And that the, the purpose of that was to protect us. But it seems like the forest kids don't really age or grow. So they had to create a way to be protected when they started being killed or threatened. According to the show, when the first humans invaded, the children of the forest were in danger, so they created the Night King, which they thought would protect them. And for the sake of smoothness and simplicity for this podcast, I'm just going to refer to the ego, the subconscious, your survival mechanism, whatever it is you use to describe this as the subconscious. So what happened? We know in Game of Thrones, the Night King got out of control. The Night King was too powerful and took on his own agenda and it grew into its own issue. And what happened with our subconscious? It also got out of control. It could have been a great tool. You know, like when we were tribes people, it warning us that when we're venturing through the forest to be careful that a tiger wouldn't jump out or to give us warnings about maybe not going out alone or dealing with other tribes, The the fears and the things that it would say to us in our mind would keep us safe. And that was a really good thing because it kept us alive. But now our subconscious is making up dangers, fears, worries, anxiety, stories. It's trying to keep us safe and comfortable, but it's also taken on its own life and gotten out of control. But just like Game of Thrones, we have a choice and we have a chance. The choice in Game of Thrones, well, they fight back against the Night King. And we have a choice to fight back Against being controlled by our subconscious. We have our own version of Arya. Before I talk about who Arya is metaphorically, let's dig into this a little bit. So each and every day, you are living inside of your own Game of Thrones battle scene. And each and every day, the Night King is raising the dead and sending them charging in your direction. You're outnumbered, you're exhausted and you're fighting off each one of these zombies one by one over and over and over again. Some days you fare better than others, and some days you just get clobbered. And we know, unless you kill the Night King, you'll never win this battle. Thankfully in life, there is no Night King. But unfortunately in life, there is the subconscious mind, and it cannot be killed. And like the Night King, it lives in the shadows, seemingly never goes away, and for most of our lives, it's kicking our ass. The other day, I had this realization. I was talking with my coach, and we were breaking down where I get confronted and stopped in accomplishing some of my business goals. And he asked me a few questions like, what am I after? What am I looking to gain in this situation? What is the fear about? Who would I need to be to step through the fear and approach the opportunity from a place of heart-centered confidence and authenticity. The realization I had through answering these questions was that I make up so many crazy stories that keep me from success. I have reasons on top of reasons to do or not do things. What all these stories and reasons do is keep me very safe and protected. While I could see that the stories weren't true and the reasons were totally disempowering, I could also see that they were stopping me, and while it wasn't real, it just felt so real, it felt so true, so unshakable, almost like there was nothing I could do to change it. I paused for a few moments, and then I said to him, Damn, it's so clear on the conscious level, yet so unclear on the subconscious level. Your subconscious is your own personal night king, created by us, stopping us, and kicking our butt. It appears unshakable, unkillable, unstoppable. But what's scarier is that he's operating behind the wall or in our blind spot. We can't even see what he's up to until it impacts us. See, we aren't aware of our subconscious, yet it runs roughly 95% of our lives. It's making the decisions. It's making the choices. It's deciding how things are going to go, how we're going to respond, and therefore it's shaping our future. The subconscious has a purpose just like the Night King originally did, to protect us. See, our subconscious helps us function on a day-to-day, minute-by-minute level, but like the Night King, it's just out of control. The challenge? Well, in Game of Thrones, how do you kill what's already dead? And for us, how do we adjust or silence what's operating subconsciously, what's operating behind the scenes? Now, thankfully, I don't have to answer this question on my own. See, I'm not a scientist. I'm an ontologically trained performance coach, but I've also flooded my brain with techniques, ideas, concepts, and practices from psychology, brain science, Buddhism, spirituality, positive psychology, yoga modalities, and other modalities which help in this battle. And this is what we know about the subconscious. First and foremost, it's the primary source of human behavior. It's basically like a giant memory station holding all your long-term memories and experiences. Some science shows that the subconscious mind is pretty flawless and can even remember the most specific details. Your subconscious is responsible for so much. It keeps all your involuntary systems running. So like you're not choosing to breathe. You're not choosing to have your heartbeat or even maintain your body temperature, but that's all happening automatically. It's responsible for your emotions, your feelings, your habits, your behaviors, addictions, creativity, and intuition. I could go on and on about the role of the subconscious, but I want to skip to the part and explain that one of its most fundamental roles is that it's running our lives basically like an autopilot feature. What does that mean? Well, as the brilliant Brian Tracy put it, quote, your subconscious mind makes everything you say and do fit a pattern consistent with your self-concept, your master program, unquote. Basically, your subconscious is a slave driver. Its job to ensure that twenty-four-seven your behaviors and thoughts align with the view you have of yourself and how you acted and responded in the past. It's kind of like our subconscious mind is like this lifeguard, and then it keeps us in the shallow end of the pool, or it keeps those in Westeros, south of the wall, if we go back to our Game of Thrones conversation. Why? Because the shallow end of the pool or south of the wall is safe. It's what we know. It's our comfort zone. When you venture north of the wall or get into the deep end of the pool or maybe the deep end of life, relationships or situations, you get those feelings of fear, anxiety, and discomfort. And what happens when that voice in your head starts to pipe up, it starts giving you warnings, telling you all the reasons why you shouldn't, couldn't, can't, aren't worthy, aren't good enough, or often even more elaborate excuses. Those feelings are your subconscious or your personal night king unleashing the dead or fear onto you. So you get scared. And if you're scared, you're more likely to go back to the shallow end. You're more likely to head south of the wall. You're more likely to get back where it's safe. This is why it's so tough to change. It's operating behind the scenes playing you like a puppet. Your subconscious isn't invincible, though. Like the Night King, you can beat it. And when you beat the Night King, you create possibility. You create a space to design what's next in your life or in Game of Thrones. And you get to do it in the way you desire it versus being controlled or responding to other things. Now, you aren't able to kill or beat your subconscious, but you are able to reprogram it. Or stop it from controlling you. It's kind of like learning to have it and get it in check. But reprogramming it isn't gonna be quick, easy, or comfortable. It's gonna be challenging. There likely will be some suffering, some discomfort, and it will for sure be a day in and day out practice if you want it to change. And now we get to meet Arya. Who's Arya? Arya is our commitment, Arya is our integrity a representation of who we must be in order to shut down the Night King in our minds. And if you look at Game of Thrones, Arya suffered a lot. She's been through the ringer, but her, like some other characters, never gave up. She actually took the suffering and created purpose around it. Then she got to the training, and she trained and she trained, and she practiced every day, never without more and more challenges arising along the way. Arya represents who we must be To get responsible for our lives. To change things inside and outside of us. There are a ton of experts and doctors out there teaching people how to do this. I've had some on this podcast. Dr. Erin Fall Haskell uh, was on episode 70. She's brilliant and she talks about uh, subconscious reprogramming. Dr. Joe Dispenza is someone I follow on the topic. I would love to have him on the podcast, but he's someone you can also check out. I've heard study after study and stories about ways to, to reprogram or work on your subconscious and, and how it's so effective. But my favorite comes from two sources and both I love and I trust. The first is Tony Robbins. Now I don't know him personally, but I think he's uh, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and the second is my mom. I do know her personally. And my mom is a uh, a very wise and successful marriage and family therapist. And they both shared this story with me separately. Obviously, Tony Robbins, I read it. My mom told it to me. Uh, And I think this metaphor is great for how we train our Arya Stark. So in said study, they looked at basketball players and shooting free throws. For six weeks, they separated basketball players into three groups. One group practiced for a certain amount of time. One group wasn't allowed to practice at all. And the third group couldn't touch a basketball. But their job was to practice in their mind, shooting and making it every single time. At the end of the six weeks, what do you think they saw? Well, of course, the group that did nothing was the least improved. But what is surprising is the most accurate group wasn't the group that just practiced, but it was the group that practiced in their mind. See, when we practice in life, we don't practice perfect because we're human and we're flawed. So the times we miss, in effect, lodges into our brains. Missing or failing falls into our subconscious. And because we have a negative brain bias, which simply means negative things stick to us like Velcro and positive things slide off like Teflon, missing in practice actually has a negative effect. And what I love about Tony Robbins when he talks about this is he has this quote and he says, practice doesn't make perfect only perfect practice makes perfect. Now in life we can't practice perfect, but in our minds we totally can. And now if you think about it, the group that practiced solely in their minds had the most success because in their minds they could make every shot over and over and over again programming their subconscious of to what it looked like to make every shot also they could feel what it felt like to make every shot so for us how do we break up this cycle where we aren't getting the results we want and our subconscious has a grasp on us so we have to start with the mind first it's simple like the study start practicing envisioning the result you want. Do this over and over and over again, day in and day out. Seriously, do it daily. Affirmations are kind of the same way. But these kind of things only work if you do them over and over and over again. It's like building a muscle. You can't go to the gym one time. You have to go over and over again. And then you start shaping muscles. And to reprogram your subconscious, you have to work it out over and over to reshape it. So here are a few other ways. Stop exposing yourself to negativity. That might be certain people, your environment. It might even be watching the news or being on like Facebook. I know that's mine. I need more often than not to stop reading the news. It's almost all negative. It's almost all hype. It's supposed to suck us in with the drama. And it just brings me personally way, way down. And that negativity lodges in my space. And then I show up in places From a different place that it's not the the person I want to be because of, of the impact of that. So a few other ways are like binaural beats, hypnosis, and I'm sure there are plenty more. But regardless of the approach you take, if the Night King continues to raise the dead and keeps hurling them in your direction, you'll never escape your subconscious. And it will always control you through the thoughts, fears, worries, anxiety. And the stories of, I'm not good enough, not worthy enough, it's dangerous, it's not going to work out. The Night King or the subconscious keeps you inside of safe patterns, keeps you scared and afraid. And from there, you'll never be your best, accomplish your goals, and you'll keep losing in many areas. But if you can stand up to the Night King, battle back, not let it control you, a.k.a. you can reprogram your subconscious, be your own aria, you get to take back some power. But then just like in Game of Thrones, the world isn't perfect. So just because the Night King is dead or you think you aren't being controlled by your subconscious, you still have to keep practicing because there are other problems, other issues, other hardships. Circe and plenty of other things in the world, inside or outside of our heads, that aren't what we would call perfect or the way we would want them to be, the way we think they should be, and our subconscious will keep doing what it does best. And life goes on and we get to keep practicing being our own Arya. We must keep practicing, training, and continuing to strive to overcome the challenges inside and outside of our own minds so we can accomplish the goals that we have outside of our own minds. And then we are left with Jon Snow Danny and her dragons. You thought I was going to leave this out? No way. Not after episode five of six? Come on. See, I believe in life there are two ways we can relate to others, the world around us, situations, or even ourselves. It's fear or love. Those are the polarities. Each and every day, we get to decide who we will be in the face of any situation circumstance, person, and or decision. We get to choose whether we'll show up from fear or love. Most of us aren't thinking about this. It's in our subconscious. It's typically where fear or love resides or is chosen. Unless you practice mindfulness and get really clear and conscious about who you're going to be in different situations. See, fear or love are always riding with us. With Jon Snow, love is consistently always riding with him. And for what we've seen for so long, Danny, love was always riding with her, but I think the dragons represent the fear is always riding with us also. See, there have been powerful leaders, teachers, rulers and even parents that succeed by choosing fear. And then there've been fewer of us that have succeeded by choosing love on the on the grander scale, I think on an everyday scale, love is very successful. But See, love is riskier. It's not a safe bet. It's the long game. It's trust and faith. It's choosing to to choose love over and over and over and over again, even when the rest of the world thinks you're weak, scared, or it's wrong, or you need to fight back. Jon Snow has faith. Jon Snow trusts the world. He trusts humans, and he gives others the benefit of the doubt. He comes from love over and over and over, even when he's stabbed, even when he's betrayed, even when there's evidence that fear might be a better bet. John's integrity, his commitment to love keeps him on a path. And that's why we love Jon Snow. Jon Snow is who we want to be. And we're always terrified he's going to get taken out or taken advantage of because of it. And then we have Danny and her dragons. And for 99% of the show, she came from love. But she gave up on love when it mattered most. When the proverbial shit hit the fan, when her power was truly threatened, but not really threatened on the outside, threatened inside of her mind. When she felt like she was betrayed. When she lost some of the people closest to her. When she was in the most pain and likely the most critical time of her leadership. She chose fear. She chose to control and take through fear and what's sad is she didn't need to she had won love had prevailed John's love the love of her followers the love and commitment she had earned all along but the voice in her head her own personal night king the dragons she was literally riding and figuratively carrying with her took over because the subconscious is always there it can't be killed and when she was pushed to the brink, when she was rattled and shaken, she chose fear. And what we saw in episode five is what happens when the subconscious wins. When the subconscious tells us we aren't safe, we aren't enough, we aren't worthy. We need to be stronger and we need to control this uncontrollable life. And when we choose fear, we lose. And while I don't know what Danny lost overall, as the final episode has not come out at the time of this recording, what I do know is she sold out. She sold us out as fans. She sold her soul. She gave up on love, and in choosing fear, she broke from everything that she stood for in the previous seasons. It takes courage to choose love. Love requires us to be vulnerable, and that requires us to be brave. To be open to getting hurt to be open to what might feel like losing or heartbreak. But when we choose love, even if we lose, we win. If we choose love, we can hold our heads up high, even when we lose. When we choose love, we always win. I never thought I would create a Game of Thrones metaphor for our minds. I really hope you enjoyed this. I really hope you got value for yourself. Thanks for listening. I would love to hear your thoughts if you want to put anything in, if you have different twists and turns, if you see any other characters that you can put into our minds or our subconscious or the way that we live life. I would love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to me, if you want to talk to me about this, please, alex at thedreammason.com. You can find me on Instagram at inspirationalalex. And please check out the Dream Mason podcast. We have some spectacular guests from all different walks of life talking about how they've accomplished their goals and created these massively large, powerful lives in all different sectors and the fears and the challenges and the obstacles they've overcome because we've all overcome obstacles and challenges, whether they're in our minds or outside of our minds. No one becomes successful and lives a great life if they haven't overcome something. Remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.